You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Greetings to you. Hello. Ethan of Bolton. <sighs> nice to see you again. As always. <laughs> How's it I going? meant for you, oh, not for right. like, I mean, like, nice oh, to nice see you as always, you. Oh, but not oh, nice for you to see me. That sounds it is nice, really though. It is nice. pretentious. I meant, I meant likewise, <laughs> is what I was going for there. Understandable. I tracked. Thank you. I was, I am glad. <laughs> I was listening generously. I am glad that you, <laughs> you were. Oh, how's, yeah. the, how's it been? Just fine, as far as I know. That's great to hear. It is, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it great to hear? So isn't it wonderful? <laughs> Oh. How about for yourself? Can't complain unless I try, you know. <laughs> I could try. <laughs> One could try. No, but now that we're into August, I'm just counting down. I'm just mm. counting down these summer days. Counting down these summer days. Get yep. rid of them. Get out of here. That's, Be gone. You're saying that and I'm, my achy breaky heart is breaking. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. Thought of oh, but but autumn. Doing it. Right around the corner. I do like autumn. It's going to be beautiful. Do the bonfires and yes. I am preparing as of this recording. I will be going on sabbatical Yeah. in a manner of about four weeks, mm. actually. And I think one thing I'm hoping to do is to prepare the backyard of my home for bonfire oh. environs. You know, it's, get it looking nice. Yeah. Set things up. And That's pretty exciting. Do that. So we'll see. It really stuck out to me because I think you're the first person to introduce the kind of view we've spoken about on Sabbath keeping being like if you labor with your mind you can Sabbath with your hands and vice oh, versa. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. I know that's not original. I'm sure there's someone to attribute that to but you, you introduced me to this. Oh yes. And I, it, it does not surprise me at all that on your sabbatical as like as an academic as a pastor you're like <laughs> I'm going to work in the earth <laughs> and transform my Time own. Time like, to do yeah, yard. That completely <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me that that would be your choice. It would be so easy to be like I'm going to do mm. nothing <laughs> you know i'm gonna hire somebody else oh. but yeah yeah give it a try you know because it's not like i have a huge yeah right i'm not dealing with like hundreds of acres or something like that it's like oh yeah here's a little space yeah we can maybe do some stuff here and nothing even crazy you know just sure. try to get some stuff laid out just to make it you know Less of a, oh, yes, backyard in suburb area and more, oh, yes, you know, little twinkly lights and flower beds and spot for fire pit, you know. That would be super. That stuff is the, now that's the, that's the scene right there. Love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Then you can just chill out. Little leaves fall, you know. Got the wood smoke smell. (laughs) Yeah. I do love that about autumn in particular is... I feel like you get a lot more of that. Of the, the wood smoke, smoke, smoke smell? Yeah. Like yeah. just that, you know, maybe it's just come around bonfires more often. That's probably more to do with I, it. But. Here's the thing, though, and I know I'm very alone in this, but that is something I actually really like on a crisp winter morning mm. when I get out of the car at work, like on a Sunday. It are video campus in Barber County, mm. there is almost guaranteed to be someone nearby burning uh, like a wood stove. And I'm like, it's cold and bitterly so. <laughs> but when I step out of the Jeep, it's like, you know what? It's in the crisp air. It's actually pretty nice. But mm. far from us. That is far from us. We yes, are in we have a while yet. sweltering, humid August. Oh, thank God. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but oh. I hear you and I, yeah. I understand mm. where you're coming from. That's and... nice to think. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of mm. hearing and listening, there's a fairly well-known verse in James 1.19 where he, in the tradition of the Old Testament wisdom literature, 
exhorts believers to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Sure. I'm sure you've I've heard it many heard times. That before. I've heard it many times. I'm sure our listeners have heard it many times. Yes. It's a quick, easy little refrain to just yeah. throw out there, which, of course, is funny to me because it seems that that means the gigantic problem of being slow to hear and quick to speak is uh, like asp. Not new. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> like, this is something that James was dealing with 2,000 years ago. Amazing. And to be fair, I would grant that the vitriol of our age and the mm. viral quality of news, social, and other media has made us perhaps more aware of such bad practices. Sure. But, you know, it's nothing new. Exactly. It's been we just We just got a different stage for it. We do. Yes, that's right. Perhaps a very advanced... <laughs> Very aggressive stage of it, but it's not new. But something I've dealt with when it comes to this verse is a little, I don't know if I'd even call it quandary, but occasionally people will look at this verse or question it and say, you know, we do still have to speak the truth, right? Like as Christians, we're obligated still in certain situations to say what is true, right? And yes, that is most certainly correct. We do. But... We ought to speak the truth in an informed way so that we can apply the right truth at the right time to the right situation. Hmm. Because that does not happen (laughs) as often as it ought. (laughs) You know, like, for example, when someone is grieving the loss of their spouse in the hospital, Mm. that is not the moment to walk up to said grieving person and say with a smile on your face, the joy of the Lord is your strength, brother. My word. That those, in the words of Paul Washer, are the kinds of people you want to high five in the face with a chair. Like, <laughs> he just absolutely, no. That is an example of being slow to hear and quick to speak. And it's yeah. just stupid. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Just some appropriateness would be nice. Yeah, Basic, <laughs> a, a, just a modicum of decency. <laughs> Empathy is an, an, a wonderful addition to those <laughs> moments. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Just don't go running and say, like, well, brother, we just got to do a praise dance right now. I mean, come on now. And a praise dance your face on the pavement. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Even we're listening. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. no, but if, if you really took a moment to hear what was happening in that hospital room, you would probably, you know, if you had any wherewithal, think to yourself, you know, Paul said to weep with those who weep. Hmm. And so I will be slow to speak. And when I do speak, it will primarily be with my tears if I know this person well enough to be in the hospital room with them yeah. at this moment. Yeah. Right. But that still raises the question, what does being quick to hear and slow to speak look like in practice? Like, how do we actually do that in real life in a way that's honoring to God and actually allows us to practice this? Because James doesn't say be quick to hear and don't speak. You just be quick here and slow to speak, right? Yeah. Oh, see, so it's funny that you should actually make that mention right now because I was thinking, like, I was thinking about Job, for instance. The the best thing right. his friends did is when they said nothing, right? When they yes. just shut up. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, unfortunately, when they did speak, it was not great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So really it, botched that one. Yeah. So it's it's like yeah, not to n- never say anything, but when you do it, some caution it goes a long way. Right, because. That's a great example. When Job started talking, his speech, it wasn't so far out there. Sure. It really got exacerbated by the responses of his friends (laughs) who could have responded in completely different ways and instead ended up throwing fuel onto the proverbial fire, Mm. so to speak. And so to that point, you know, how can we practice this in a helpful and effective way? Mm -hmm. And one of my seminary professors actually recently shared a helpful tool for doing this. 
for being quick to hear and slow to speak. And he used an acronym for it. It was a little acronym. And I normally, I, I find uh, acronyms wildly unhelpful. You yeah. know, like they get so, so long. Like those of you who did 40 Days in the Word with us at the church, however many years ago that was, mm. you may remember that they had this acronym for reading your Bible. And I remember the acronym, but I remember not one single thing that any of the letters stood for because the acronym was Space Pets. What the heck? Space pets. Space pets. Space pets. That's a lot of letters. It is a lot of letters. So like, it's a weird concept because I always picture like my dog in a in an astronaut suit. Yes. But that's it. That's all I picture. I have no idea what it, what does any of that mean. Not a clue. It's Not just Cosmo clue. from Marvel. <laughs> Russian space dog. <laughs> space. That's nine things you have to remember. Uh, yeah. And so, it's so go- it's beyond goofy. Yeah. Just Why? can't do it. Okay. Yeah. So unlike acronyms like that and most <laughs> others that I've heard, I've actually found this one quite helpful since he shared it. And so the way he phrased it is when we want to practice being quick to hear and slow to speak, we should use ors. Okay. And ors, a- O-A-R-S. Mm-hmm. Like the... Like we're rowing, 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 the rowing into yeah, a which is conversation. A, yeah. <laughs> that's right but ors stands for you got o for open-ended questions Mm. a for affirm r for reflect and s for summarize yeah it's really pretty simple yeah as biased as i am against acronyms that actually seems very reasonable yeah yeah so if you really want for example to help a friend who's come to you with a struggle or a sin or a problem you do want to eventually be able to speak truth and wise counsel as far as you can but you need to know what the real problem is in order to effectively do that mm, sure and that requires good listening and good question asking actually i think it was einstein i don't know if this is true or not it may be apocryphal but i think someone asked him if you had you know like one hour to save the world you know like what would you do and he said i'd spend like 50 minutes trying to figure out what the problem is and then 10 minutes solving the problem oh Um, so like you know i I find i don't know if that's true or not but it's still a very helpful i feel like parable for yeah trying to get to you know how are you solving the problem understanding the problem is is more than half the battle yes yes Mm. you might even say more yeah you said more. yeah i wasn't listening apparently i'm not practicing when i'm preaching But yeah, so all that is to say, when we want to do this, we begin with asking open-ended question, okay? That's the O in ORS. So that simply means you don't ask questions that can be answered with a quick yes or no. You would ask questions instead like, how did you feel about blank? Or how did you respond to, uh, what were the reasons that, how were you feeling when you saw, what do you think about, what do you plan to do about, what was that like? If you're struggling to think of all those different things, it is really easy to just say, tell me more about that. Yeah, Because, sure. you know, most times you get folks who will latch onto a particular piece they want to talk about more. And they're like, okay, I'll tell you more about that. Yeah, all they really need to do is just, they just need a little permission yes. to just like open the faucet. Yeah. And or, just, yeah, or you can even like use a word that they used and like put a question mark on it. So like, you you know, like da-da-da-da-da. And you say, you know, they're like, uh, and uh, I'm just really worried. I mean, like, worried. worried? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then blah, 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 they'll just keep going. So you're doing that and then ask clarifying questions, but keep them at a minimum and avoid why questions as much as possible. Because oh. I think we want to, put why questions in that open-ended framework, which they can be, they can, but you want to avoid using them generally because 
they tend to put people on the defensive and force them to mm. try and find explanations that they may not know themselves yet. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely feel that kind of, it feels like you're interrogating them or something. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. dive, dive right into that, I could, I could yeah. definitely see why you would feel defensive. And I would imagine that sort of thing just kind of serves to shut down the conversation prematurely, yeah. especially when you don't really need anything else to become an obstacle in the situation. Like, right. give yourself every advantage. Yeah, because if someone's coming to you at this point, they must think that you are someone they can confide in and trust. And if you immediately do something that cuts that down mm-hmm. or makes them feel like, oh, I'm now being interrogated, that's a quick way to yeah. end that. I and anything that could have happened is probably not going to happen at exactly. that point. So yeah, you're asking open-ended questions, and while you're doing this, you also affirm, which is the A in ORS. Now, this does not mean that you give your assent to sin or bad choices, all right? We're yeah. not doing that. I okay? knew someone was ready to argue yeah. with that one. <laughs> like, what do you mean, affirm? No, so no, no, we're not. Word. Yeah, we're not using it in that sense. We are using it in the sense to mean you simply try to see things the way they did or do see them. For example... I can see how that was hard or sounds like you were really happy when she did that for you or I can see how that can make sense in that situation. So you're really, you're not offering any commentary, counsel, approval or disapproval. You're just trying again to listen and say, okay, like I'm understanding you basically is what you're trying to get at there. There's something about that that is is indeed, you might say, affirming. Yes, right. It's supportive. It's like, you know, it's creating a uh, a more, I don't know, fertile ground for conversation that could actually bear fruit. Yes, exactly. And then while you're doing that, we're also reflecting, which is the R in ORS. Hmm. And this has to do with physical expressions and responses. Oh. Yeah. A little surprising, right? Because you think this is like where you're like reflecting something back to them. Like, (laughs) but, but you are just physically. So like, for example, we should try to mirror what we see in the other person as far as it's reasonable. So if they're smiling, we shouldn't be scowling. I feel like that should go without saying, but generally like (laughs) they're smiling, don't scowl. Um, You know, if they're crying, we shouldn't be laughing. Good point. Yeah. If they're leaning forward, we should lean in a little bit too. Those are the kinds of things that signal that we're tuned into the person who's talking. Yeah. That's really all it is. I really think, I thought we were going to be like, let's reflect on this information. (laughs) Let's stop for a minute. Let's process this silently together. (laughs) Yes. No wonder it sounded so good to me. Um, <laughs> but but this is more like how you this is how you relate physically to their to their like their yeah. disposition. Right. Okay. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think we talk about it. Well, people sometimes will talk about it. I don't know who these people are. People, you know, it gets talked about that body language yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. And that if you're... You don't want to physically you, be closed yeah, off if yeah. they're really trying to... Yeah. And if they're really, really tense and you're just kind of leaned back and just relaxed, like you don't <laughs> care. Like there are just certain things that could communicate. Yes. Perhaps unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not at all what you're feeling, but it's something to be aware of. And the safest way to get around that is just to mirror, to reflect what the other person is doing as far as it's reasonable. That makes sense. Which also, this is just a side note on this. If someone is laughing at something that like they shouldn't be laughing at, like let's say you're talking to someone and they're laughing at something that is like, oh, you shouldn't laugh at that. Yeah. I'm talking like something happened to them, like mm-hmm. something awful, and they're laughing at it. Like that's probably a weird defense mechanism yeah. they developed to try and like keep themselves right. safe. And you don't have to like, you know, again, poke on that. But like that's something just to be aware of. That, like maybe we need to come back to that and say like, you know, like, well, that opening question, like, like you're laughing about that. Yeah. Like, Reflect you know, like, responsibly here. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, now we move on to summarizing, which is the S in ORS. 
So here, when we get to the end of, you know, a, a story, a particular question, anything like that, we simply repeat what we hear to make sure we're getting the message. Again, without interpretation, judgment, or commentary. So it's, it's more objective again. Yes. And so you would do something like, so what I hear you saying is... And you would try to echo both content and feelings. And you want to paraphrase rather than parrot. Because what you're really trying to do here is make sure, one, you've understood, but also make sure you're using terms in the same way. Oh. Because someone may be using a word that's really important, and you may think you know exactly what they mean with that word. But they mean something completely different. And you really... If that's like a linchpin to the discussion, you need to make sure you're understanding their use of that word. So it's very helpful in that case to paraphrase and not parrot and like try to say like, all right, so what you're saying is and then basically say what you think they mean with that word, for example. And then they'll either, you know, say, like, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Or they say, well, no, not quite. <laughs> and then you can go on from there and you just continue the discussion, continue the process. Yeah. And at this point, you're listening for what is unsaid and not asking too many questions and not yet lecturing, giving advice or fixing. You're, you're just really honing in on listening. That's interesting. It's probably the thing that maybe sounds most unnatural to me of this mm -hmm. list, at least, yeah. you know, like at least on paper, the idea of having a summary at the end, it feels, yeah. <laughs> it feels kind of scripted. It doesn't feel particularly warm. Right. But this actually happening conversationally, it does make sense to kind of round out the conversation by making sure you're on the same page, by making sure everything was understood and understood correctly rather than like, it's it's not, I realize in a real world scenario, we're not dictating some cold IMDb summary. <laughs> I would imagine. They get the plot points of yeah, everything. and it, it probably is a, a move of, of closure to the conversation. Yes, exactly. And so after practicing this kind of listening for a while, a lot of folks who have been talking to you may actually be able to quote unquote talk themselves into a solution mm. for the problem or whatever they may have. Because a lot of folks have an answer rumbling around in their heads. They just need someone to help them dig it out, so to speak. And the best way to do that is just to ask questions, right? You're just digging, digging, digging. And if they're not to that point, then if you've listened carefully and you've asked lots of good questions and you've proven that you care about the person and that any counsel or advice or truth that you're offering you're doing so because you care for them and you love them, that will go a much longer way than someone says, hey, I've got this problem with X, and immediately they're like, well, let me tell you about that. Mm. That can create some issues. And you'll have a better grasp of what the real problem is and not just the presenting problem, because many times people will come with presenting problems and after listening very carefully and practicing using your oars for a while, you'll discover there's a, a deeper, more fundamental problem underneath the presenting issue. Yeah. And you can speak to that more carefully. Or you can, you know, in some cases perhaps recognize, I don't quite have the skills or qualifications to deal with that issue. Let's go find you someone who can. And all in all, you'll be better equipped to help that person and be a friend to them and do what will be best for them in that situation. Sense. So, yeah, there we have it. So thanks as always to you, our dear listeners, for listening to us. Huh. We won't ask you to, you know, summarize or reflect or any of those things. You don't do that. I mean, because you're listening to this. It's recorded. We're not, it's not dynamic for you. Mm. you go, go practice this with, you know, your friends today or something or whatever have you, you know. Go reflect with a friend today. Yeah. <laughs> If you did find this content helpful, though, and you want to leave us an honest five-star review on the Apple Podcast platform, we would appreciate that. Mm. We would we would hear that out. And if you have any questions on this or any other topic, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Thank you again for listening, and we will catch you next time.